What's up, guys? Max here, back with a brand new episode of the Scuttlebutt Show. I hope you're all doing great out there, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. What's up, Corporal? John Iron Lotus in the chat. I know you guys have questions about yesterday's episode. We're going to get into it. I have a big episode for you guys today, including some major announcements. I do have a big announcement that I know a lot of you guys probably don't want to hear, but stick around to the end of this episode to hear it. Um, first off, today is uh, May 25th, 2022. And I woke up this morning to news that 18 kids had been, their, li their lives were taken in a, in a school shooting in Texas. Man, I am sorry for anybody out there living in Texas. I My heart's broken for the families out there. Jeez, what would compel somebody to do something like that? If you guys ever want to talk about anything involving violence or, or, or weapons or anything like that with me, just hit me up. Um, I'll try to get back to you as soon as I can. With my thoughts on it, it's just horrible, horrible. What a tragedy. So if any of the listeners out there are affected by this, I just want you to know I'm thinking about you. That is heartbreaking. I don't know what to say except for just an absolute uh, um, horrible situation. I don't. There's nothing really else to be said about it. Larry, what's up? Harry Lime Pie, what's up? So we had this story. I'm just going to move on to this next to talk about yesterday's story with uh, Sergeant Jewel Scott, which has got, I posted that TikTok and it's got uh, 15,000 views or whatever and probably 200 comments or something like that. And it's, uh, I'll, I'll say I don't really have too many updates. Apparently she was taken into custody. Um, the comment section full of just sexist, racist, horrible things. I mean, there the comment section on that video is so indicative of the more endemic problems that our military service members face where this is a female she's and she's black and so the comments said things like please uh comments including things like um you're just posting her side of the story she probably was a dirtbag she probably never deployed she probably is making this up she and I'm like, what a dirtbag person you have to be to say that I'm only posting one side of the story and then post what she's probably doing in your opinion because she's a female and she's black. And it's like, you're the problem. You're the, you people in the comments are the problem. I don't know. And I, and I never claimed to, and I still don't know what exactly specifically preceded the events of her posting that video saying that she feels like she's in danger. But I, what I will say is it hardly matters because it seems like she, no matter what the circumstances are, is going through a real crisis. That's what it seems like. That's what I took away from it. And any person going through a real crisis should be viewed with compassion and as needing help. I think what really threw a wrench in it is that she had a GoFundMe trying to raise money for her, you know, upcoming separation. And that drew a lot of, uh, that made a lot of people suspicious. And, I, and I'll, I'll just say, I can understand that. But also, there's, I mean, whatever. I think we, we need to leave, like, if we can leave that out of it for a minute and just look at the rest of the information here, which is, here is a person who is an NCO. They made sergeant. This isn't a private. This isn't an E2. They've been in long enough and they've done well enough to make sergeant in the army, which is no small feat. Making sergeant in the army can be very competitive. It can be very difficult. She looks athletic and she looks like on her social media, which I know is not like a, a good perspective into real life, but according to her social media, seems to be do, have living a healthy 
life. And so there's no reason to really believe that uh, there's no substance to her original complaints. And of course, then you could just look at all the other instances of horrible things that have happened to people in the army, specifically on Fort Hood, and you could go, well, there are serious problems over there. She's very likely experiencing some problems. And, uh, um, you know, the then I posted the TikTok and people were saying all kinds of things like, I'm in her unit, this is all a lie. I know the truth, but I just can't tell you. All this insane stuff, the comment section is, I have people comment things like that on my videos all the time and they're just making it up. They're just full of it. They're full of it. And all these people on there who were posting things that were, it, in their own words, speculation to discredit her claims is, are you kidding me? What a joke. How stupid can you really be? You're posting your guess and your evidence of her being wrong is your guess. Or something that happened to you 10 years ago or something like that. And that's just horrible. So please do better. Please do better. It's not that hard. So that's the that's all I have to say about that right now, I think, is that there's no real significant updates that I found, except for I have heard a lot of people have been reaching out to try to provide her some kind of support for whatever is going on in her life. Whatever it is. If she's dealing with a mental health crisis, she still needs help. If, if, if everything that she said is true, she needs even more help. And that's the way that I see it, Okay. None of us are perfect, even if she is going through some serious issues and some of this stuff is is not what it appears to be in her own words. It doesn't matter because she's still, she's still a person who needs help, still a person who swore an oath to the Constitution, who has sworn to put their life second to the interests of the nation and all these other things. So do you get nothing for that? Do you get no credit for that? Do you not even get, you know, medical support if you need it from the community? Like, let if you're so sure that she is uh, wrong then let the process unfold and you don't need to add your negative, negative comments to it about all these things that you assume are wrong with her. The comment section just is evidence of the greater problems that we, uh, that we are dealing with out there. Um, and then it's really sick stuff. Larry D what's up? Mental health is the number one problem in this country. Yep. Larry D says there's always more to a story than first reported. That's true. John, if you do get any infos, let me know. Randy Marsh, what's up? found the video. Yep. You can go check that out. Let's see. Larry D says, I can be cynical, but I think I'm fair. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I see, uh, I see some comments out. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know if you're fair or not fair. I have no comments on that, but we all can, we all have our own, um, flaws in our logic that we don't see that maybe other people can see. So I think really it's like, I tell you guys all the time, if you see something wrong, if you see me being hypocritical or you see something wrong with what I'm saying, or, or I'm, I'm, uh, saying something that's in contrast to my own philosophy on something in your opinion to let me know and call me out. And I would love to hear that. What's up nuggets. What's up MC corporal. I'm not going to go there. I don't like to, to take that route. I just think, uh, a lot there, there were, I, I don't have any opinion on that. But there was enough people in the comment section who hated her just for being a woman. I don't think that uh, race makes even a big difference here anymore. So let's uh, let's do this because I've got a ton of stuff to show you guys today. I've got some serious stuff and I've got some um, some fun stuff too. We're going to have some fun by the end of this episode. But we've got some serious stuff too, including what I think is going to end up being a way serious issue for all of us in the coming months. Uh, and I see the, you know, we've been seeing it unfold for a while now, but we're going to talk about this kind of virtue signaling, um, political opinion that everyone is taking on everything, including the armed forces being very politicized. And we're going to talk about that in an upcoming story. So stay tuned for that. Today is full of stuff and I'm going to start it with breaking news, which is this. 
assassination attempt on George W. Bush foiled by what they're reporting to be the person with the stupidest name in the history of names. Apparently, 52-year-old Shahab Ahmed Shahab Shahab is charged with aiding and abetting in a murder plot. And, uh, and they wanted to target former President Bush because of his authorization of the invasion of Iraq in 2003. This is an ISIS-inspired plot. But of course, every just as a reminder here, every member of Congress but one voted in favor of the invasion of Iraq. So just keep that in mind as we do this. What I'm going to do is I'm going to jump over to the Justice Department's website, justice.gov, and read you the details of this investigation from there because it's a better uh, version of events. They tend to have more dryly written articles, so to speak, but uh, it's where you get the best info from, at least from the from the law enforcement side. So let's do that. An Iraqi citizen living in Columbus, Ohio, has been charged federally with an immigration crime with aiding and abetting a plot to murder former President George W. Bush. Shahab Ahmed Shahab Shahab, dumbest name of all time, was arrested by the FBI Joint Terrorism Task Force agents this morning and appeared in federal court here at 2.30 p.m. His case was unsealed at that time. Shahab originally entered the United States in September 2020 on a visitor visa, and in March 21, he filed a claim for asylum with United, with United States citizenship, which is pending review. Hopefully, at this point, it gets denied, but who knows nowadays. He lived in both Columbus, Ohio and Indianapolis and worked at markets and restaurants in both cities. It is alleged that Shahab exchanged money with others in an attempt to illegally bring foreign nationals to the United States, which is also how he ended up getting busted. For example, in August 21, Shahab allegedly intended to help who he thought was another Iraqi citizen enter the United States for a fee of $40,000. Shahab provided specific instructions on how he would smuggle the person into the United States after 60 days. In October and December 21, Shahab accepted tens of thousands of dollars for the purported smuggling. In reality, the individual was fictitious and the interaction was coordinated under the direction of the FBI. So it was actually an FBI undercover operation that was able to uh, identify this person, intercept communications, and get him to admit his plot so that they were ultimately able to charge him. Bravo Zula to the FBI. The charging document also alleges that Shahab planned to smuggle four additional Iraqi foreign nationals into the United States for the purpose of killing former President George W. Bush in retaliation of Iraqi deaths during Operation Iraqi Freedom. Shahab then allegedly planned to smuggle the four out of the United States via the United States-Mexico border after they carried out the assassination. So they were going to attack the president, and then bail through Mexico. Crazy. In furtherance of the assassination plot, Shahab allegedly traveled to Dallas in February 22 to conduct surveillance of locations associated with the former president. And in March, it is alleged Shahab met with others in a hotel room in Columbus, Ohio, to look at sample firearms and law enforcement uniforms. So they were going to dress up as law enforcement and then uh, ambush the president, basically. Attempting to illegally bring an individual into the United States is a federal crime punishable up to 10 years in prison. Aiding and abetting the attempted assassination of a former uh, official carries a prison sentence of up to 20 years. I can't believe that that's it. It should certainly be up to life in prison, in, in my humble opinion here. Thanks to the special agents there, they were able to intercept this and uh, stop it from ever becoming a real thing. And I'd like to add a question there, too, of where would these foreign nationals attempting to enter the United States get $200,000 from? Where does that money come from? That's really, you follow the money when you're investigating these terror plots and terrorist organizations. You follow the money to figure out who's funding that kind of thing because your typical ISIS fighter in Iraq doesn't have $200,000, $40,000, whatever. That comes from some kind of a empathizer, sympathizer, or radicalized person who does have the funds to support that kind of thing. Let me know what you guys think about that in the comments down below. It's crazy. I think that that's pretty crazy 
that somebody would uh, would do that. And thank goodness, a lot of hate being thrown around at uh, federal law enforcement in the recent years. I've, I've heard it seems like ever since uh, the 2016 election, the FBI has been, I mean, right along um, party lines, the FBI has been, uh, you know, flip-flopped good or bad. Sometimes Democrats think the FBI is bad. Sometimes Republicans think the FBI is bad and vice versa, depending on whose side the FBI's investigation tends to take, which is so stupid. Uh, the FBI does good things. Sometimes they do bad things. The CIA, same thing. They do good things and sometimes they do bad things. But you got to look at the, you know, does the organization provide overall more good than bad? I think with the FBI, I don't know. I don't know. The FBI, I think, does more good than they do bad, to be certain. Probably CIA, same thing. CIA does some weird stuff, though. I'm not really sure about that. Some of that stuff is very clandestine and secretive and suspicious. Um, guys, don't fight in the comments. Not worth it. Or do whatever you want. Let's see. Ohio, stop harboring terrorists. Yeah, Nuggets, that's a great point. Not the first time we've seen that. John says, all enemies, foreign and domestic. Remember that, and we will all... Remember that oath we all pledged. Yep. MC, what's up? Great to see you. Follow that money. Follow that money is the name of the game. You can't do these things. You can't buy guns, travel internationally, and plan these plots without money. And so where does the money come from? That is a that is a big part of military operations and investigations, I will tell you. So, um, <sighs> speaking of the border, speaking of undercover operations, speaking of threats to our safety, both foreign and domestic. I've got this next story here, which shocked me, just shocked me to hear, and it always disappoints me as well. And this is the type of thing that makes you keep your head on a swivel, makes you not trust anything. This type of stuff that makes you question faith in humanity a little bit. We got this next story here. Whittier, California, ex-Marine accused of operating cross-border gun smuggling scheme. Why do veterans do this? A former U.S. Marine from Whittier is facing federal charges alleging he led a six-man scheme to smuggle weapons and ammunition to one of the most feared transnational drug cartels in Mexico. Marco Antonio Santillan Valencia, who's 51 years old, and three other alleged members of the operation were arrested last week in Southern California as part of a federal investigation dubbed Operation Semper Infidelis. Clever, clever. It's a play on the Marines' famous motto, which you guys probably in the, in the comments will let me know. You already knew that. In conjunction with the arrests, Los Angeles authorities unsealed a 23-count federal court indictment charging the six defendants with conspiring to violate federal export laws by illegally bringing the weapons and ammunition to cartel operatives in Mexico. The indictment also alleges that Santillan left, led the gun trafficking operation that used drug money to purchase assault rifles. So this is a dark, dark scheme right here. Hundreds of thousands of rounds of assault rifle ammunition and machine gun parts and accessories. Some of the items were smuggled into Mexico. So taking these things out of the United States and into Mexico. The defendants allegedly smuggled sophisticated weaponry out of the United States to one of the most violent cartels in Mexico, whose members target not only rival gangs, but innocent Mexican citizens and Mexican law enforcement. That's according to Christy Johnson, assistant director in charge of the FBI's Los Angeles field office. This case has dealt a blow to firearms trafficking groups on which this cartel relies to facilitate their violent operations. They named the defendants Anthony Marmolejo Aguilar, 30 of Whittier, 
Marco Santillan Jr. God, why do people bring their families into this stuff? 29 of Pahrump, Nevada, if you guys have ever been out to Pahrump. Michael Diaz, 33 of Moreno Valley. Luis DeArcos of Midway City. And Rafael Magallan Castillo of Oceano. I'm not really sure. I'm not really familiar with Oceano. They were arraigned last Wednesday in federal court in Los Angeles, entering not guilty pleas, and they were ordered to stand trial in March. That'll probably be next year. During the Semper Infidelis investigation, authorities seized six assault rifles, over 250,000 rounds of assault rifle ammo, $300,000 worth of weapons, parts, and kits to assemble several six-barrel rotary machine guns capable of firing 6,000 rounds a minute, so mini guns. And that's according to the U.S. Attorney's Office. If you guys have never seen a minigun fire, the damage that that can cause in a short amount of time is pretty astonishing. You could unload that thing for 10 seconds and blow out every window inside of a building, taking out probably everybody inside. So it's a very frightening weapon and quite a thrill to shoot, I'll add. Let me know what you guys think about that in the comments down below. And why do you think this stuff happens? I know that the cartels have a lot of influence and they have a lot of... Uh, uh, Their hands reach into a lot of places, you know? There's a lot of, a lot of history of Marines and cartels and Marines sending, cart, I mean, cartel members sending people into the Marines so that they can learn tactics and, and steal equipment and then go back to the cartels and the gangs and stuff. And there's a lot, long history of that stuff. It's sad, but it's true. Um, MC, I think the Netflix has an entire series about following the money. I've only seen one episode. I'll have to check that out. Uh, let's see. We've got um, a lot, a lot going on today, you guys. A lot going on today. I don't know where to go next with these stories that I have, actually, as a matter of fact. But we do have a fun one. We do have a fun one coming up at the end. But we have to have we have to talk about a couple more serious ones first. Um, this uh, this next one is. I feel I feel a way about it, and I'll let you guys know. But you guys tell me what you think in the comments. HOA, Homeowners Association, I hate homeowners associations. If you're part of a homeowners association, odds are I probably hate you as a person. Orders disabled vet dad of murdered cop take down political thin blue line flag. In other words, this father who is a veteran, his son was a police officer who was killed. He hangs the American flag with the thin blue line outside and the HOA says you have to take down that political flag. And he's saying he wants to honor his son. You guys can go ahead and let me know what you think about that in the comments down below. A disabled veteran and father to a police chief who was killed in the line of duty has been ordered by his homeowners association to take down a thin blue line pro-police flag flying outside of his home since 2017. Veteran Thomas Desario's son, Stephen, a police chief and father of seven children in Kirksville, Ohio, was shot and killed while responding to a call in 2017. He was answering a call in Kirkersville and he was shot and murdered as he got there, so he didn't even know it was coming. After Steven Desario's death, his fellow police officers gifted the thin blue line flag to his father. So this flag is also a gift from the police department to the dad. Basically, if you can imagine at a, a veteran's memorial, when the American flag is handed to the family as a thank you from the nation, this flag was handed to the father as a thank you from the citizens of that community. It's been flying since May 12, 2017. The only time it comes down is if it's worn out and I buy it to replace it with a new one. You, as a general rule of thumb, American flags should not be flown if they are uh, if they are too tattered. The political sign in the form of flag must be removed from your property. A letter from the association to Desario stated, the flag on your pole is not a United States flag. It is a political statement. Please remove the flag from your property. These people are such psychomaniacs. There is nothing they can see except 
a political statement. They can't see a grieving father. They can't see a memorial to his son. They can't see support of good members of the community. These are people who walk out of their house every day trying to find something to be upset about, and I think it's despicable. Despite the HOA's demands, Desario has continued to fly the flag on his own property, and I think he should. He spent, this is according to him, a quote, I spent 23 years in the military, and there's no way, shape, or form that flag is being flown disrespectful at all, he said. It has a 4 by 6 American flag above it, and the police flag is a 3 by 5 below it, in accordance with flag code. It is no bigger than the top flag. David Dye, the president of the Omni Community Association Managers, said Desario knew what he was getting into when he purchased a home in the community. That's true as, as just a fact of the matter. It's actually by law in California. The You must provide homeowners association rules to residents if they're looking to buy or rent in that community. Although homeowners associations are such a huge joke, they are the, the only the worst people go around flexing HOA rules to their neighbors just because they have no other responsibility in life. They, they, they're such losers. They're such pathetic losers that their only joy in life comes from harassing their neighbors because they hate themselves and their own family so much. They bought into the community with rules. He agreed by buying in this community that he can't display what he wants to display. Adding the HOA received a complaint. Yeah, right. As of April 1st, over 100 police officers have been shot in a line of duty. And, and this is a, a national issue of, of do you support police or do you not support police? This is a case of a veteran father who lost his son, father of his seven grandchildren, who was gifted this flag by the department who wants to fly it on his property. If you're part of this HOA, you're such a POS, I can't even begin to describe it. Let me know what you guys think in the comments down below and spread the word and let me know your HOA horror story as well. Totally bothered by this. Totally bothered by this. These HOAs, man, these HOAs are such a joke. I hate them so much. If you're in an HOA, it's possible that you're in an HOA and you're not a terrible person. It's possible. But if you are an HOA member and your whole thing is to walk around your community citing violations that don't hurt anybody except for you going out of your own way to get your own feelings hurt, I think you're pathetic. I think you're a pathetic loser who has just no life. I, it's, you're just the worst type of person. Get a life, grow up. Golly, go on, get on Tinder or Grindr or whatever your preference is. Just go meet somebody, get some happiness in your life. You must be a lonely, lonely person if you're out there citing HOA violations. Um, let's see. Sometimes the news gets to you and sometimes it doesn't. It's getting to me too much, Nugget says. John says, how is the blue line flag a political statement? It's supposed to represent respect to police officers. Yep. Yep. Uh, yep. MC says, that's BS. I do know in North Carolina, my Nana wasn't able to put up a standard flagpole to fly my Papa's flag due to DHOA, which I think is insane. I support both flags. I support, I support pretty much anything. I mean, you, it, it's so, it's so weak. It is so weak, mentally weak. You have no constitution. If you cannot, if you are totally broken by your neighbor managing their property the way that they want to, that you just can't live your life. If your life cannot function because your neighbor chooses to fly a specific flag, you're, you're a really sad person. You're a really sad example of humanity. Wow. I wish I had a life so easy. 
I wish I had a life so easy that I could just stop existing. I could just f- f- wither and die because I don't like something on my neighbor's property. Wow. To be so lucky. To be so lucky. John says, I live in an HOA neighborhood in Tennessee, and my house has been the target of multiple HOA violations. Good for you. Good for you, man. Keep violating those HOAs. It's only it's only been, in my experience, that the worst, loneliest, most pathetic and weak people take HOA seriously. Most people are, are just good neighbors, but these HOA people, they're real psychos, real psychopaths, which just goes to show you HOAs, you typically elect your HOA officials. It's something about getting elected to authority that makes people just monsters. What is it? What is it? It just makes people total monsters. We got to keep moving, guys. I've got some more stuff to bring to you. We all know this is not going to be a story about Roe v. Wade, but this is going to be a story about the leak from the Supreme Court. Okay, so don't worry. We're not going there. We're not going down the pro-life, pro-choice comment argument here. What we're going to talk about is this poor colonel stuck in the middle. Search for the leaker from the Supreme Court falls on the shoulders of this army colonel. Curly, curly, curling, curly, they call her. When Gail Curley began her job as marshal of the U.S. Supreme Court less than a year ago, she would have expected to work mostly behind the scenes, overseeing the court's police force and the operations of the marble-columned building where the justices work. Her most public role was supposed to be in the courtroom, where the marshal bangs a gavel and announces the entrance of the court's nine justices. Her brief script includes, Oyez, 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 I don't know if I'm saying that right, meaning hear ye, and concludes, God serve the United States and this honorable court. That was supposed to be the extent of her duties. Now, she's on a deep investigation. She gets a bombshell of an assignment, overseeing an unprecedented breach of Supreme Court secrecy, the leak of a draft opinion and apparent votes in a major abortion case. Leaks to Politico suggest that the court seems ready to overturn the Roe v. Wade thing, and that this leak has sparked protests around the country, as we've all seen. People who know Curley describe the former army, the former army colonel and military lawyer, as possessing the right temperament for a highly charged leak investigation. She is smart, private, apolitical, and and un, and unlikely to be intimidated. I'm confident that if the truth can be found out here, she'll find it out and present it in an unbiased manner," said retired Army Brigadier General Patrick Huston, her direct supervisor at the Pentagon in her last military job before the Supreme Court. Huston said he was incredibly impressed by Curley and that she had a tremendous reputation as a leader, but even as her boss of two years, he didn't know if she had a spouse or children. Interesting. She's a private person who also declined an interview on this matter. So this army colonel, this army colonel is sat in the, in the seat of the person who has to investigate a completely unprecedented Supreme Court leak. The closest thing that this article here cites is in 1973, the original outcome of Roe v. Wade was leaked several hours, but it was already after the outcome was determined. There is no precedent for this type of Supreme Court leak, and she has to go in there and investigate where this leak came from. Will she find out the truth or plot twist? Was it her? I don't know. I've got no reason to think that. I'm just throwing a wrench in the mix here. It's just it's just straight out like a mystery novel. So I'd love to hear what you guys think. Let me know what you guys think in the comments down below about the Supreme Court leak in general. And do you think that Colonel Curley is going to find out who the culprit is? Will Colonel Curley find the culprit before it's too late? On the next Nancy Drew.
Would that be a Nancy Drew novel? Would that be uh would that be a good one? Nancy gets called up. She goes in there. She has to assist in the investigation. Let's see. Damien, what's up? The neighbor right next to me was in charge of the HOA and things are great. Now it's someone new and we're being harassed. I'm sorry to hear that. I really am. I really am sorry to hear that. Facts couldn't agree more with what you just said. MC, thank you. I assume about the HOA. Crazy, crazy, crazy time. Supreme Court leak. That is pretty bad, huh? Could you imagine if uh, the Supreme Court supposed to be apolitical, unaffected by the politics? Of course, uh, nothing could be further from the truth. They're not supposed to be influenced, but is the Supreme Court apolitical? They're just supposed to... I don't think that you can interpret the Constitution and not make it political. That's the whole point of politics is to, is to support the Constitution. So they themselves are not supposed to lean biased one way or the other. You're supposed to read and interpret the Constitution. The argument that Roe v. Wade is not related to the Constitution at all, I think, is, is a valid concern. I mean, I don't know. I'm no constitutional law expert. But uh, I'm not sure where in the bill of what what part of the bill of rights the uh, the Roe v. Wade thing is specifically supposed to enforce. I don't really get it personally. Um, I won't get into the pro life pro choice thing. I don't want to start that debate going on. But uh, crazy times, crazy times. I do disagree with the uh, with the leaker who was obviously politically motivated. This is not like a whistleblower exposing some kind of government corruption. This is a, nat, a a very legitimate court process that's happening. It n- there's no there's no crime being committed. There's no waste. There's no nothing like that. It's just the process of the court is happening. If it was a if it was a whistleblower saying, "Hey, there's some there's totally some slimy stuff going on in the courts. The the, the justices are like subverting one another. There's a plan to do something bad." That's a different story, in my opinion. If you leak something like that, then you're a whistleblower. Whistleblowers, invented by the Navy, in fact, uh, have a special place in my heart. I think whistleblowers should be absolutely uh, protected if they're legitimate. But that's not what this was. This was a, uh, a politically motivated attack on the on the process of the court, which I don't like. I don't. I mean, I don't. Not like I'm so invested in this subject, but I, I don't like that. Just as a as a citizen, as a voter, as a taxpayer, I don't like it. It's my opinion. No big deal. I mean, it's probably a big deal, but. Not like I don't have any serious, serious uh, um, thoughts. I'm not so riled up that I can't take it. MC says, leak is a very serious issue. It doesn't matter what the information is, just the mere fact that there is a leak should be alarming to everyone. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I'm not, I'm just not, I don't know why I'm not so spun up by it. I'm not so spun up by it as, uh, as other people are. But yeah, it's a, it's a shame. I hope that the person, that, I hope that Colonel Curley does find the person responsible and that they uh, at least are removed from that, from that hall. I assume that there's some sort of security clearance process that they go through to get approved to work there and all this stuff. I don't know. Guys and gals, scuttlebutt, scuttle buddies. I do have thoughts on this next story. I do have thoughts here. Um, I don't like this very bit, very much, one bit. Let's talk about it. Let me know what you guys think. Soldiers facing discrimination from state laws could request transfers under draft army policy, army following the Air Force's footsteps. Does this sound like the United States to you? That you could be active duty military and be so anti one of the states of the United States that you must be moved 
They must move you out of that state because just existing in one of the United States is just a threat to you. Your life is being threatened by just existing in one of the 50 United States or the bases that we have there. And so they must move you because of of the policies that affect your life. Of course, this is an up, updates to the mainly the LGBTQ plus community. The Army is circulating a draft policy tweak that would specify that soldiers can request to move if they feel state or local laws discriminate against them based on gender, sex, religion, race, pregnancy, according to two sources with direct knowledge of the plans. Of course, you can't move if your chain of command is harassing you. You can't move if your life is in danger because you're living in poverty in a low-income neighborhood because the military doesn't pay you enough like San Diego or Northern California or something like that. You can't move if your kids are going to, to low-quality schools. You can't move if there's no health care available to you where you're at. You can't move for any of these other reasons. But if you're offended by the state that you live in, you will get a transfer. Does that sound like United States to anybody? Let me know in the comments. The guidance, which would update a vague service policy to add specific language on discrimination, is far from final and would need approval from Army Secretary Christine Warmoth. But if enacted, it could be one of the most progressive policies for the force amid a growing wave of local anti-LGBTQ and restrictive contraception laws in conservative-leaning states where the Army does most of its business. The policy would ostensibly sanction soldiers to declare that certain states are too racist, too homophobic, too sexist, or otherwise discriminatory to be able to live there safely and comfortably. In other words, the military is going to determine that a state is racist? What? The military is going to start calling states too racist, too homophobic, or too sexist, and it's not safe to live there? Am I living in an alternate dimension? What? Some states are becoming untenable to live in. Untenable to live in. There's a rise in hate crimes and against LGBTQ people. Lindsay Church, executive director of Minority Veterans of America, says, I'm not familiar with that. I, I would have to see that. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not discrediting that, but I haven't heard that or seen any evidence of that. In order to serve this country, people need to be able to do their job and know their families are safe. All of these states get billions for bases, but barely tolerate a lot of the service members. This doesn't jive with the reality that I've experienced in, in my lifetime, but I don't know. Maybe for some people it's true. If finalized, the new rules would clarify what situations would entitle a soldier a so-called compassionate reassignment. It's funny. It's funny. You can go to Iraq as a gay service member. You can go to Afghanistan, but you can't go to Texas. You can get pregnant in Afghanistan. Let me tell you a little secret. Let me tell you something you might not know. You can get pregnant on deployment. You can get pregnant in, in Saudi Arabia. Well, maybe that's a bad example. Qatar, Kuwait, but uh, you, can't move to te you can't live in Texas. Texas is worse than Iraq everybody. It's worse than Afghanistan. Just so you know, Texas is now officially worse than Afghanistan. That's what, uh, that's what the military says now. Wow. Wow. That's going to bring us together. That's going to unite us. The updated guidance, which sources said was drafted in response to several state laws, including the Roe v. Wade leak, would instruct commanders that they can use compassionate reassignments specifically to remove troops facing discrimination from their duty stations. The tweet came from a mil per message, which is an internal tool for Army 
leaders and planners to issue policy clarifications, though the guidance has not yet been fully worked out through the policy planning process or briefed to senior leaders. The Army does not comment on leaked draft documents, according to Angel Tomko. This is why they have not made an official statement as to whether or not this is going to happen. According to a 2015 study from Rancor, roughly 6% of the military is gay or bisexual and 1% is transgender or non-binary. Those numbers are likely low, given that the survey was conducted four years after repeal of Don't Ask, Don't Tell. I don't know. Probably it sounds about right, to be honest. It's unclear whether the Army's inclusion of pregnancy on the list would protect reproductive care for soldiers if there was a change to Roe v. Wade. That language could be intended to protect pregnant service members or their families from employment or other discrimination. Oh, my God. Again, this is virtue signaling from the military when the military's already got a lot of work to do on their own about this. It's hardly an issue with the states. The sources who reviewed the drafts of the potential policy had different interpretation of what the change would mean. In practice, however, reassignment to a new installation wouldn't happen overnight, and it would be almost impossible for a woman to find out she's pregnant, have her command approve a transfer, and complete the move, and then be able to seek different reproductive care during a pregnancy. In other words, it, this is probably going to be a six-month to 12-month process to get a change of assignment. If it happens at all, Michael Grinston, the army senior enlisted leader, Sergeant Major of the army said to lawmakers that the force is considering some response to the end of Roe v. Wade, though it's unclear whether that is a separate policy being molded by army planners. What I don't understand is every base is federal property, not state property. So can't they just start doing if, the, if abortions were so much of a, of the crux of this issue, can't they just do them on base? I don't know. I don't know. TRICARE covers 9.6 million troops and veterans, IUDs, contraceptive diaphragms, prescri prescription contraceptives, and surgical sterilization, which could all be severely curtailed if states go forward with banning or limiting birth control as many service members and their families receive medical care paid by for TRICARE, paid by TRICARE. It's, uh, it's curious what's going to happen here. It is curious. Air and Space Force has already made this uh, commitment that they will move their people if they feel, uh, you know, offended by their state. But this is, in my opinion, a huge joke that is absolutely the worst move that the military can make as far as uh, representing the United States and being a part of it. It's, it's unbelievable to me. It says here, what we're seeing across the board is a small group of elected officials who are trying to politicize and weaponize LGBTQ identities in despicable ways. They're not only doing that to our youth, but the collateral damage is hurting our service members. Jacob Thomas, Communications Director for Common Defense, a progressive advocacy organization, told Military.com. Troops can't be forced to live in places where they aren't seen as fully human. I don't, uh, I don't in any way, shape, or form understand what he means by not seen as fully human. Maybe somebody can correct me in the comments. In fact, as a matter of fact, when it comes to Roe v. Wade, the problem is they see too many people as fully human, and progressives are the opposite. So just once again, life seems to be flipped 180 degrees on its head from where it should be. But if you guys disagree with me, you can leave it in the comments down below. I'm just... I just can't believe that, that we've got really gotten to the point now where the military is going to start officially declaring states too racist, too sexist, too homophobic to have bases in. Unbelievable. It's truly unbelievable. That one is really difficult for me to, 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 to accept. That's a tough one. That is a tricky one. I am offended by Texas and Alaska people. Can I be deployed somewhere seriously? This is the world we live in now. Yep. Larry says, I think Qatar has very harsh rules for LGBT. Yeah, they do. MC says, what happens when they are deployed in a country that is not up to their standards and violate human rights in a war zone? What's that? Oh, yeah. That's what I was just saying. That's what I was saying. Iron Lotus hates the woke movement. Yep. Progressive, my butt crack. These people are on Jupiter. Yep, 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 yep. Yep. 
That's crazy. Uh, I think um, that that one is one of the most surprising, shocking moves out of the military. The military is getting so politicized, and I feel like it has been for a few years now. I, it, well, it's always been. Military is a very political. I mean, it's governed by politicians. It's governed by the president of the United States, as a matter of fact. So it's always very political. But now this this whole thing about like um, the segregation between the right and left sides of the political aisle to the point where they're saying that you can't even have military in these states is is bonkers to me. I mean, that's insane. That is truly crazy. Not as crazy as the next story. Actually, that's 100 times crazier than this next story. So we're going to get into some fun stuff now for the rest of the episode. I have nothing bad for you guys from this point forward. So it should be a, it's a walk in the park. It's all downhill from here, guys. It's all downhill from here. This, uh, this next one is, is, uh, you know, they say that work used to be nine to five, but now it's 24 hours a day. Cause you're, you're accessible by your cell phone. You're accessible by email, all that stuff. Maybe it is time to rethink that whole email from home thing. Navy rejects former war college leaders claim that porn linked email was due to malware. I got hacked. You guys, the Navy's probe into a former Naval war college provost, not only substantiated allegations, he misused government resources and violated Navy policy. When he emailed a pornographic link to staff in 2020, it also rejected his contention that the link sent from his account was due to a hack malware or other cyber nefariousness. That's always the claim, isn't it? I got hacked. It's never that you got hacked. Dr. Lewis M. Duncan was put on leave after the July 2020 incident and retired from the postgraduate college in February 2021. He did not respond to requests for comments submitted via phone and email. I guess he's not checking his emails anymore. Duncan sent the pornographic link to staffers on July 21st in an email that was supposed to refer them to an online survey. Imagine that. Hey, please take this survey and, uh, and let me know how I'm doing at my job. And you click it and it's like, are you into BDSM? Click here. Live cams. In the early stages of the COVID pandemic, when everyone was working from home, Duncan logged onto the college's network via a family computer due to a shortage of government computers. So he wasn't at work. He was remotely logging into his work computer. So that's one you know, thing on his side, at least. That's according to the Naval Inspector General report obtained by, by uh, Navy Times through the Freedom of Information Act FOIA request. Duncan sent an apology email a few hours later, according to NAB IG, and later blamed the porn link on a severe risk malware. Yeah, good, good try. While Duncan asserted that cyber chicanery caused the porn link to be sent, NAV IG investigators did not find that defense credible. In August 2020, investigators met with the NCIS cybersecurity experts and relayed how Duncan claimed a virus infiltrated his email and changed the URL he had placed in the email and replaced it with the URL leading to a porn webpage after he sent the email. Duncan. America runs on Duncan. They don't run on the hub. Okay? Although maybe that is true. The cyber expert responded the same day and told investigators that it is highly unlikely that malware is the cause of a URL to a porn site being posted in the body of a government email. The NCIS expert suggested NAV IG staff ask Duncan which antivirus software he used to identify the malware. How exactly did you come up to that conclusion, Duncan? Which would be saved in a computer's antivirus logs. But 
to no avail because investigators were unable to examine any viruses or malware on Duncan's computer because he had taken it to a local office supply store to wipe its data prior to our interview. That's not suspicious at all. We rejected the subject's defense that the inclusion of the porn URL in his email was re the result of a hack or malware on his personal computer, the report states. We did not find his defense credible. In a response to the investigation's tentative conclusions, Duncan wrote that his actions regarding the computer were both reasonable and completely consistent with how most non-expert computer users would have responded under the circumstances and fully compliant with advice being given to me at the time. But NavIG wrote, when a subject acts to destroy evidence, it is an indication that were evidence to remain, the evidence would not be favorable to him. Completely logical uh, track there. Duncan joined the War College in 2015 as a provost, dean of faculty and chief operating officer. The U.S. Naval War College leadership continues to reinforce training on the professional and ethical use of government resources and computers. You guys do your cybersecurity every year. You know about this. You know not to mix work and play. And if you're remotely logging into your desktop from a from a you know one of those links that you can use to do that. Please, please double check all your emails before you hit that send, before you get yourself in some hot water here like old Duncan. He dunked one too many times. He dunked in the wrong URL. He was hopping on the wrong websites. That's not the survey he meant for people to be taken. And you guys let me know your one-liners in the comments down below. Oh, my. Oh, my. MC says, doesn't sound like even logging onto a home computer is in compliance. Cybersecurity is imperative. Yep. And his dog ate his homework too, Harry says. Yep. Only use work computer for work. That's great advice. That is a great tip. That should certainly be uh, the standard. That's the standard we strive for. Only use work computer for work. Easy peasy. Yep. That would be easy. Um, you can say every state but Hawaii offends me. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I'm, I'm, prob I'm offended by California. My odds of getting murdered there are pretty high. So I'd rather not go to California. Send me to Texas. Send me and my wife to Texas. We'll go there. Sounds great. Much, much rather go to Texas. Thank you very much. Where uh, my odds of getting stabbed to death are reduced. And, um, and, and I just, I'll have to deal with my feelings. But at least I won't be feeling an eight-inch blade in my kidneys. That's, that's an improvement. Um, now, on to something really fun. A little segment I like to call spouse Spouse Club Adventures. This one's a good one. I love these. I'm part of some Facebook groups. I'll explain here in a second. As you guys might know, I am a dependipotamus. I am a triceratops, a dependa, a male dependent. And as such, I am a member of several Facebook groups. Camp Pendleton Spouses is the new one because I'm checking in there this summer. And I've got another spouse social media adventure for you. You guys let me know your thoughts on this. I'm posting anonymously because I don't want anyone to know my family's financial situation. This is a good one, you guys. Opinions. Get your opinions ready. Looking for advice on how to handle this and just venting as well. My fiance and I aren't married, but have kids and have been together for six years. He has been complaining lately about paying the rent. Our rent is $2,500 and his BAH is $2,898. He says, I have a well-paying job and should pay some of it. Am I the asshole for not agreeing with that? It's already under BAH and he gets BAH specifically for housing for the family. So I don't feel I need to pay a portion. I pay for utilities, renters and car insurance for both cars, my car payment, which is our family car, 
family and it's a family of six can't fit in his car. I also buy the groceries, household furniture, and most of the kids' clothes. I think he can handle the rent. He has his base pay of about $3,600 and the rest of the BAH and BAS still. He says he's in a lot of debt, but I don't know how, and he doesn't want to combine finances or really put me in a loop. If rent or mortgage was over BAH, I wouldn't mind contributing to it, of course. So, who is the asshole here? I'm torn. Because it sounds like, according to this spouse, let's say that everything here is true, she pays for a lot of things, including furniture, car insurance. You could look at that as her share of the rent. He pays just rent, which is $2,500. If you add that up at at a yearly cost, you're looking at about $30,000, a little over, I believe, on my quick math there. Check me in the comments. A little over $30,000. What is her annual cost, I wonder? And if he's the one who does not want to combine finances, what is he hiding? He doesn't want to combine bank accounts. He doesn't, he doesn't want to combine debt, but he does want her to pay part of the mortgage. I'm kind of torn here. At first, I was like, I can't believe this lady because they have kids. She doesn't want to, she doesn't want to contribute to the rent. Well, I think they need a house for their family, including their kids. But then I thought about it and I was like, well... If she is paying for all this other stuff, including furniture and car payments and groceries and all that stuff and clothes, kids' clothes, which can be expensive, then is she really wrong? Or should he just suck it up and offer to finally combine their bank accounts into one? Maybe he's spending money somewhere he shouldn't be. I don't know. I'm really curious about your guys' thoughts. Who is the asshole? The female who does not want to contribute to the rent because he gets BAH. Maybe she doesn't quite understand that, you know, Ideally, you would want to save some more of your BAH or whatever, but either way, I think the answer here is they either combine their finances into one account so that they can support their family equally together in all costs, or he sucks it up and just pays the rent and acknowledges that she contributes as well. I mean, how much more money does he want her to add into the pot for the for the rent before uh, bef- before she's paying her fair share? I don't know. Let me know what you guys think in the comments. I'm very curious. I would love to hear it. I would love to hear it. I've got, uh, let's see, M- M- Corporal says he pays bar tab. Yep. Let's see. Robert says, damn, ha, the fact that she even needs a second opinion on this, it means she's whipped. What's up, I, Cl- I King Ski? Nice to see you. Just need something to listen to while you study for finals. Good luck on your finals. MC, my advice, don't get married. This would end in disaster. Be a grown-up and have a conversation with him and not the entire world. That's actually pretty much probably exactly what she should do. That dude probably gets away with a lot in that relationship, Robert says. Yep. Robert says, I'm with her. She's the asshole for acting silly and putting up with this nonsense. 100% this dude cheats on a regular basis. <laughs> pretty savage. Pretty savage. All right, guys. One more thing and then a big announcement uh, that we have to... We have to do it. We have to have a big announcement, okay? But there is one more thing I want to get to before today's episode ends. And uh, it's going to be, I have to manage that a little bit. So let me um, let me manage my screen here a little bit. Got to get rid of this and open up this. So yesterday on 29 Palms, there was a story about an active shooter. And I ha- I can't confirm this video that I'm about to show you guys. But apparently, while they were going through clearing the barracks, the PMO went into a room and uncovered something quite unexpected. 
allegedly, and correct me in the comments if there's if this is not true. I would love to know the the absolute you know bottom line of what this is. Allegedly, this is what they discovered while going in into the rooms in Twenty Nine Palms. <laughs> Oh, those ducks are, are cracking. They're quacking me up. They're quacking me up. Now, if you're questioning the legitimacy of this, is this staged? Is this really in a barracks? We've got, at least on the front door here, it says ducks. The front door says ducks. The room, uh, people living here, is crossed out, but it says 3rd Battalion, 4th Marines, uh, Kilo Weapons, and there's names on there, Lance Corporal, PFC, room 206. But notice also that one of the people going in has their phone out. They're recording for some reason. I'm looking in the background here. It's hard to tell if this room looks lived in. It might be not lived in. There's just some random gear adrift in there. And then just duck food and ducks just quacking up. Protein powder. I mean, I doubt that there's actually protein powder in that. It's probably being used for something else. But also, is this is this very uh, like humanitarian or or like a good way to treat ducks? I mean, they seem kind of cooped up in there. I don't think this is a great place to have ducks. They they gotta let these out in the pond once in a while, you know. I mean, I'm sure they're getting that bread, but let them out in the pond every once in a while. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good one. I'd love to hear. If you guys know where that's actually from, let me know in the comments. If it's not from 29 Palms or not from this week, let me know. And just what do you think about that? I just I, I would just love to hear it. I would just love to hear what you think about these ducks in the uh, in the room there. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Is someone eating duck eggs? Yeah. Robert says if they combine finances, she would be getting alerts at 3 a.m. for $50 at CVS. Ooh. Rough. If you don't get that, I'll just, if you don't get that, I won't ruin your innocence. But uh, yeah, that's the old, that's very memeable right there. All right, guys, here's the deal. I got to do this. It's got to happen. You know, we're moving back to uh, California, my wife and I. We're moving in a few weeks. And our stuff is moving ahead of us. It's uh, our stuff will precede us to California. So this week will be the last week of lives. This week will be the last week of live shows until I'm back in California. I will be uploading videos, okay? I will be uploading videos. I will be doing stories, but there won't be a consistent live show. I don't know what it's going to look like, but there's not going to be a consistent live show again until I'm back in California. Uh, it's just... I'm looking at my desk right now. I've got all this stuff and they're coming to get it. They're coming to take it. So it won't be here much longer. I won't have it to do the show. Uh, it's all, all my computers and everything are getting packed up. So it's going to be, there's going to be a change. I'll be doing videos, but not these lives. I'm heartbroken. So we have tomorrow and Friday together and then, uh, and then lives are going to be on hold. Um, if you're listening on the podcast, I don't know what that's going to look like either. All my audio equipment's getting packed up. I'm probably going to try to do maybe figure out a way to do like one episode a week or something like that. 
I'm not sure. I'm really not sure. We're going to figure something out, but it's going to change. So this last uh, few years with you guys has been such a joy, such a joy. Um, getting to know you and you getting to know me and all these episodes we've done and all this time we spent together. And even when we disagree, we agree, we disagree. We meet up at 1800 Pacific Standard Time, Sunday through Thursday, and we talk about it, what's going on in the military. And I hope you guys get a lot out of that. It's not, and nothing's changing. It's just going on hold. And I'll, I'll still see you guys via videos and Instagram posts and TikToks and all that stuff. I just, I just love this community. And, uh, and you guys out there listening do mean a lot to me. And, uh, and, I'll, and I'll continue to create content for you. And, uh, and I hope that it brings you guys joy or, or knowledge or, or whatever. I, I hope it does. So stay tuned. Uh, after this week, we will be, um, we'll be back, but we'll, we'll be on hold. So if you guys want to reach out to me, you guys know the scuttlebush or gmail.com. All my social media is at the scuttlebush. You can find me there. Larry D says Nikki is on off the air essentially as he moves from Japan to the East Coast. Yep, I'm going to be in the same boat. Harry says no live Max, no live Nikki. I'm going to have bad withdrawals. I know. I know. But I hope you guys get out there and as a change of pace, instead of smashing that like button, you go ahead and smash that life button. You know, when you're not watching me, when you're not watching Nikki or your other favorite military YouTube channel, you can smash that life button. And that means a lot too. So with all that being said, Thank you guys. I really appreciate it. I truly look forward to seeing you tomorrow and Friday. We'll do a Quanda. I hope you guys can call in and tell me what's going on with you until then, until tomorrow. I'll see you guys soon for now. That's the scuttlebutt.